0: You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast. To increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits.
1: Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, especially your SEO marketing, then you've come to the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's really cool to have you tuning in to find out more about how to improve your SEO. In today's episode, I'm talking to Dixon about the changes that you should make to your thinking around keyword research and around creating your content because of how Google are now thinking more about entities than about keywords. We get into that in a lot of detail as we go through today's episode. We're going to be talking through both how to make that change. We're going to talk about how to work out what topics and entities you should be focusing on, what to do once you know what those entities are, and some clever techie stuff you can do to the website too. And then when we get to the uh, the insider tips at the end, he shares a lot of clever advice then as well. All right, we're going to get into that imminently, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com/masterplan. That's k-l-a-v-i-y-o.com/masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with SEO expert Dixon Jones. Dixon's career as an SEO specialist stretches right back to 1999, when he founded one of the UK's first SEO agencies, who are still going strong today. Uh, Many in the SEO world, though, know him best as marketing director at the awesome SEO tool Majestic. But for the last twelve months, his primary focus has actually been on inlinks.net, where he and his team are building a new way to build your marketing presence. Hello, Dixon.
0: Chloe, thanks very much for having me.
1: It's great to have you here. I'm looking to look forward to finding out a bit more about what inlinks do and also Tackle the massive topic of keyword research. Before we get into that, how all those decades ago did you end up starting an SEO agency and getting into SEO?
0: Oh God, that's such a good question. Um, so I, I, um, I used to write and run murder mystery evenings for a living, and just as the internet came along, I thought I've got to have a website. And this is 1997, something like that, 1998. Um, I got to a, a have a website and I, I didn't know how it all worked. So instead of going for the website company online that, you know, uh, that, that other people were doing, I went with the company where I could see the building that was the, uh, that was the hosting the thing. Cause I figured if I lose my data or they don't, you know, keep it, what I want to knock on the door and get my data back somehow. <laughs> so literally I went with that one and, and they had a, a log file analysis um, system that they ran every Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday on my, on my data to, to show me, you know, who was visiting my, my, my site. And I found that people were, not, not many people were coming to the website firstly. And secondly, um, they were coming from Ohio. Uh, and I thought that is ridiculous. Um, so I, I re- rebuilt my website so that I could start selling online versions and, and this sort of 70 page TIFF file. Um, I, I figured out about PDF files later and said, send me a check and I'll give you the password. And, uh, and, and I got a few checks. So, um, from there, I, I I kind of thought, okay, Murder Mystery Games, uh, you know, how how can I get seen? Uh, and when I typed in Murder Mystery Games into Yahoo, as it was then, an advert for Nike came up and I thought, you know, a banner ad for Nike across the top, completely unrelated to my, uh, to my search query, which is when I clicked, the banner ad system wasn't working at the time and search engine optimization was going to be a thing. So uh, yeah, so I started in 1999 doing that professionally, really, after a couple of Couple of hits, you know. Learning with my own site, and then learning with with one client that you know I was testing on, who I won't say now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you'll leave us all in suspense, as a good mystery mystery uh, evening writer should leave us all in yeah, suspense. Thank you. I think. Thank you. Yeah, that
0: was that was pre-planned, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Slick. Um, okay, so twenty years on, and you're, you know, as I said, you spent the last twelve months focusing on this new business in links because the world of SEO has evolved so much in that time and how has that evolution affected how we should be doing our keyword research?
0: Well, in order to really understand the sort of the move, so Google Google said um, uh, one day um, things not strings, um, and if it wasn't someone from Google and it was somebody else, I apologise. But anyway, I've grabbed the, uh, the, the theory. But they they bought this company called Metaweb about five years ago, which was uh, uh, better known for a thing called Freebase, which is which was basically trying to have a database of everything on the uh, of everything. Um, so instead of trying to have a, a database of web pages it was having a database of things of ideas of places of people of whatever it may be and uh, and, and so this this database um, was was growing and even before they started trying to monetize it Google bought them for loads and loads of cash obviously there was some kind of insider kind of track in the whole process but what they what Google is you know obviously came to 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 understand is that there were trillions and trillions of web pages on the internet and only hundreds of billions of ideas in the world. So although hundreds of billions of ideas in the world sounds like a lot, it's nothing compared to trillions and the number of ideas in the world is not expanding as fast as the number of web pages in the world. So it sort of gets to a plateau and and it's not expanding. So if uh, if you think about the world's information organized in a spreadsheet of Excel, it's a difference between trillions and trillions of rows and hundreds of billions of rows. So they can scale information retrieval much better by thinking in terms of concepts rather than just thinking in terms of of, of web pages, because they can say, right, here's 200 billion ideas, and here's all the web pages that talk about those ideas, and that turns out to be more scalable and more retrievable. Because once you've decided what the idea is, then your search engine systems can then go down that line of Excel. And I know that it's not Excel, but you know what I mean. You know, you tell me, as marketing people here, we all understand Excel. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so it, it should scale better. So they kind of changed their approach, and they didn't straight out, you know, throw out the uh the, the old stuff. But they've started to build on this idea of organizing the world's information around topics and, and entities and ideas. Um, And that's starting to filter into things like your Android phone when you kind of wake up in the morning and it says, oh, here's some interesting pages that you never knew existed on hiking because you know you're good at hiking and that kind of thing. So it's manifesting itself in all sorts of different ways. But thinking about it that way, you know, the world is getting organized around topics, not around web pages, suddenly makes you change the way in which you start looking at keyword research. So, So before... Uh, we kind of used to use tools that um would try and guess how many people in the world or in the country or wherever your market was were typing in horseshoe, uh, and then how many people are talking in horseshoes and then hoof Shoes, or you know, or or um, forges, or or blacksmiths, for in the UK, or whatever the, those, those you're thinking about phrases around those kind of ideas. When actually, a horseshoe could either be um, a something that goes on a horse's foot, or it could be something to do with a good luck charm, and it's a completely different context. So, so Google is then spending some time working out what's in the head of the user, and then trying to deliver results. But the result is. A horseshoe, just what you're going to use it for, might be very, very different. By thinking about concepts and entities, there's still hundreds of billions to choose from, but you can then go a lot deeper around a concept. Once we've kind of got that map of an entity, an idea, and you start writing about that, you can then look at other entities and topics that are semantically close and then build yourself up as a knowledge leader in that particular topic, because you've done all the research on it, you've kind of got all of the stuff that's that's related to that particular topic, and you've written a better article than, ideally, than Wikipedia, because that's probably the one that's going to be
1: best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about beating Wikipedia.
0: It is, wow. yes.
1: My, Dixon, my brain's kind of going... Often about a million different angles as you've just run through all that because I Sorry. suppose the, the, no no it's good it's good it's ex, it's exactly the sort of thing we want to be doing here on the show if you can manage to 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 get my brain spiralling off then I'm sure we're managing to do the same for the audience which is a great thing the first thing which occurred to me as you were saying it is I can see that you know the huge cost savings for for Google because they're dealing with hundreds of billions rather than trillions. That makes things quicker. It makes things somewhat cheaper. I can also see that it should make the user experience hugely greater. So, I love the fact that it seems to be, as many great steps forwards are, They it delivers on all fronts. It delivers for absolutely everybody.
0: Google's great at getting these two-way wins, two or three, you know, these this 10x kind of uh, difference, you know. So if you can make something twice as good and twice as fast at the same time. You've made it four times as four, four times as good.
1: As I was talking, I was thinking, oh, and actually, it makes marketers' lives easier, which I'm sure some of you out there are going really because this just feels quite overwhelming at the moment. But actually, thinking in terms of entities or topics rather than thinking in terms of keywords makes the job of the e-commerce marketer easier, doesn't it? I th- I think anyway.
0: It should do as long as you're focused on who wants your product and why, then you should be able to to answer that that need much much better if you think in terms of entities and concepts so so another way to think about it is um, Google takes a search phrase so a user types in a search phrase you know um, maybe they type in pizzas near me and actually what they want is um, a pizza delivery um, to their door or something like that but they you know they type in a phrase Google will will then start looking for entities and topics within that within that search um so then it can then map that against the entities and topics in the search results because it's got the map of the of all of the websites that are talking about those those entities um and so it can quite quickly come to that solution or the or those results without necessarily reading all of the words on the page or understanding all of the words on the page. It needs to just understand in advance all of the entities on the page and their relationship to each other. Um, And that's mathematically a much easier um, job to do for a machine than to understand the the semantics of you know, nuance and uh, the flavor of typos and that kind of thing that, that's out there. It also has a slightly secondary advantage that um, a topic-based approach is uh, multilingual as well, because the, tower, the, the Eiffel Tower and Latour Eiffel and stuff are all the same ID number. They're, the Eiffel Tower is the Eiffel Tower. It doesn't matter what language you put it into, the object is the same.
1: I like it well, look, I, as i'm I'm thinking there's kind of three kind of micro areas for us to look at here. one is how do we work out what entities to target um which may be completely the wrong way of phrasing that question, but we'll come on to that in a moment. um the other one would be around how do we then create the content that's going to attract us to that? And then the third one would be, you mentioned about entities on pages. So I think maybe there's some things we need to do to flag things up so as Google understands us better. Um, would those sound like three good things for us to get into here, Dixon?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just tell, me, tell, tell me one at a time and I'll, I'll go there. Um, the so first one, what entities to target? Yes,
1: how do we do this?
0: A, two or three different strategies that that you could you can go with. Um, the first is to have a look at what your competitors have already done. So if you've got a competitor that you know you need to catch, you need to beat, and they're the ones and they're the market leader, and you just if you know if you can catch them, then you're going to get a pat on the back and you're going to be yeah, retiring happily. Then all you really need to do is to run an analysis of their content and find out. All of their web pages and and the topics that, that that they've got, so you can use all sorts of different tools for that. Obviously, you could you could use inlinks, but you could also use uh, any kind of crawler that that is able to take all that content and and uh, and analyze it, including Google has its own natural language processing. Um, algorithm. And there's a cut and paste kind of thing that you can do on their site as well. Um, but uh, you can use that to, to get topics because you want to talk about the same things as, as the market leader. Um, the second thing that you can do is, one of the things that we've started doing is, we, we noticed that, you know, a lot of the older. Sort of tools have keyword volumes um, for for uh, you know how many people type in this word or that word and stuff and and we we thought well we we don't really know what to do that do with that so what we what we've done is we've built ourselves a a system that is tracking entities and it's not tracking every single entity but we're basically. Tracking the interest, unfortunately, it's not not localised about sort of worldwide around a concept, and uh, and then we've broken that into into categories. So we got, you know, I think about seventy thousand, maybe a hundred thousand kind of topic areas broken into areas like automotive and home and garden and software and, and marketing and things like that. The marketing stuff is all free by the way. Um, you can just go to Inlinks and just have a look at inlinks.net slash trends and all the marketing stuff is free because it's got Google, it's fodder for Google. Um, <laughs> so there's no there's no there's no uh there's there's no uh, philanthropy about it. It's are uh, trying to get Google to crawl all the pages. But anyway, um but, but what we're doing able to do then is if you are in a vertical, if you're in the home and garden vertical, then we can surface what um, topics and entities have suddenly caught the zeitgeist of the the world. So we can sit there and show you the rises and fallers, a bit like the the stock market, uh, and show you what topics have suddenly popped into uh, the world, into the interest, gained in in interest uh, over the last um, 30 days or so. So you can then say, okay, of a morning when you go into work and you know you've got to write something you don't know what there's a place to start because all of a sudden three or four days ago there was a massive great big change in I don't know, tesla putting batteries on the moon or something like that and uh all of a sudden people are interested in you know moonshine okay that's I don't know where <laughs> <I went there.
1: laughs> sorry very relevant Susan. in the home and garden yeah. sector that one very relevant yeah sorry uh, cool so, so it's 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 partly about looking at what the competitors are doing, you know, the the leading competitors are doing, and copying their kind of topics and their feel, you know, their their kind of areas they're specialising in. But also, if there's a, if it kind of consumer trends and how those are adapting are quite important too.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure there's lots of other ways. Another way that's completely free is is using Google Trends, which is a free tool. Um, it, Google Trends some years ago also started – so they were keyword-based. But now if you put something into Google Trends, it comes back and says whether it's a topic or not. So they're using topics and showing topics independently in Google Trends as well. So you can um, – Gather ideas over time, and whether people are interested, in, and approximately how many people are interested in uh, in a particular concept or an idea. Um, but start start um, harvesting topic ideas, not keyword ideas, because a keyword is just a synonym for a topic. It just fits into a into a, a topic or an entity. So, yeah.
1: What it strikes me is that this feels like something it's going to be easier to write about than just a keyword you know, some, somehow the idea of a topic just feels, you know, a new trend, some, something which a lot of people are interested in, just yeah. feels a lot easier to create the content for. Um, is that something you're finding? I'm wheedling us on to my second point here around how we create the content to, to back <laughs> See, this up.
0: I, I, think, I think it depends on the quality of the writer. Um, I mean, some people are would rather be given some junk text that they then Edit rather than write. That's not my kind of market so much, or my my mm-hmm. kind of ideal. But there are people there that sit there and say, right, just uh, do you know what? I'll just jumble up the words of, uh, of four or five other web pages that mean the same thing, and then um, and then create some stuff. The problem with that is that that is going to probably within twelve months go into a press a button and. Um, content is created for you kind of situation, which is a little bit scary and something that, you know, even even if we end up having to do, I I wish, uh, I, I hope that um, most of my, you know, I hope hope we can aspire to go above it. So I would rather have the, the content writer that is charged with writing the the knowledge leadership piece around a topic rather than, um, than just filling in the words and adding the words. Although there's a certain amount of that in, in, in writing the actual content, it's, uh, it, it is easier if you're told, write a good article about horseshoes, Eiffel Towers, whatever it may be.
1: And does this nullify the top five things you didn't know about the Eiffel Tower type content? Or is that still just as important?
0: Sadly not. Um, I think... Uh The top five things that you didn't know about the Eiffel Tower is a a mechanism for getting all the ancillary topics around the Eiffel Tower into into a into a post. Um, So I think that will happen, and FAQs will still happen. You know, you know, ten questions about the Eiffel Tower. You know, how much does it cost to get in? Um, It's closed for COVID. Well, it does lead to the ability for people to rise above just having those bullet point kind of. articles. I think those bullet point articles are are easy to read. They don't go as in depth as I kind of want them to do necessarily. But then that's maybe because I'm in the B2B market. So my personal bias there is probably uh, something I should be aware of.
1: But I guess there's the opportunity then, if you find a topic that you want to do better in, to create the top five, to create the FAQ and to create a decent piece of content around it and do multi multi types of content on that one topic.
0: The challenge is not making it so that you've got five things that are five pages that are about exactly the same thing. The challenge is to choose a page that is about the topic and then yes by all means write about other things that are um a sideways on, or you know, with a with a with a sort of half an eye to the to, to the to the key page, but then linking through, always through when you mention it, mention the topic in its pure form, linking the user and therefore the search engine back through to the to the um, pure page about the topic, that allows you to have this, uh, some ICOs call it the pillar, you know, cornerstone pillar piece on the topic. And I think that that's really, really important to have your pillar pieces really well decided and the topics defined very, very well in advance, but then allow the blog writing to be a lot more free. The blog writing is not necessarily trying to suddenly get to number one for your particular topic, but as you, as that topic is mentioned in the blog post, it links through to the to the page that's that's purely about the topic, so that you get rid of any cannibalization in the in the your content. All roads lead to Rome um, mm-hmm. for the Rome page, and all roads will lead to Tipperary for the Tipperary page.
1: <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so I'm guessing that in this new world of topics, keyword stuffing is definitely dead. But you did mention. Um, a lot earlier on in our conversation about how we need to have the right entities on the page for Google to pick up to yep. help them identify us as being relevant in that topic. So are there kind of the more techie SEO side of things, stuff we should be doing to, uh, to give our pages the best chance?
0: There is a little bit of techie stuff that um, I think is important, and and it's a particular type of schema. Uh, we we use a, a schema called About Schema. We we have a sort of a untechified version of it that just injects the schema into your web page for you. But ultimately, uh, it's a very simple concept that you sit there and uh, and and write. You know, a bit like. Um, Titles and descriptions in your on your web pages that that aren't necessarily seen in the main content. Um, a schema it goes onto the page and it says you know this page is about a thing called horseshoes, and in case you don't know what horseshoes are, Google here's the. URL that's the authority on on horseshoes. So usually I go to a Wikipedia URL, we go to a Wikipedia URL. So we'll sit there and say, it's about this Wikipedia page, this Wikipedia page, and this Wikipedia page. And the reason we choose Wikipedia pages is because we know that when Google started building we know that Freebase started building uh, out of Wikipedia, um, as did Google. So their machine learning has used Wikipedia's um, very exact structure to um, help educate its own knowledge graph. So Wikipedia is basically based on Wikidata, which is essentially a knowledge graph, um, and then Google is built on that. So if you can say uh, define your topics in the terms of Wikipedia pages, then Google's going to get it every single time. So, um, uh, so so we think that's a, a really good approach. So we can say it's about this topic, this topic, and this topic. And then we also pick up um, the other things that it mentions on the page. So we can say it mentions this topic, this topic, and this topic, but these are subservient to the, to the main thrust of the article. So in order to do that, we run, um, you could do it manually because you know as a human being what's on the page, but obviously that takes a little a uh, little bit of time. But what we do is we run our own natural language processing algorithm over the content and extract those entities, all of the entities, um, and do our own calculation on which ones we think are the most important entities. We we, we try and have a human in the loop to, uh, to, to press a button and say, yes, this entity is the main one for this page. But then the rest is all written, um, and either they can cut and paste that and put it on the site or they can put it in with a sort of our plugin um, effectively as well. But at the same time, we run Google's natural language processing over the same content. So what we see is the entities that Google says the page is about, and then the entities that are actually on the page. Um, Now, that's a bit of an unfair comparison because Google is trying to bring back a confidence level. So it's only returning the ones that it thinks are the best ones on the page. But interestingly, it also gives Wikipedia URLs to define what those mean. So Google is using Wikipedia in its NLP API. So we can then say, okay, these are the entities that Google says your page is about. These are all the pages on your page. We've made a guess, but you can then override that. You can change that. You can, you can say, right why is it that Google does not see this entity on my page? I need to rewrite my content and run it in a way that Google understands that this is what the page is about, if it's that important. and Once that happens, of course, you, you know that Google understands it enough. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to rank number one for the very, very, very term you want, but you have, Google has to understand it before it can rank it.
1: Exactly. So if Google doesn't get what we're talking about, then we're kind of done for. We're never going to rank. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: and that comes and that comes from the schema and from the the wording. But the wording can be in many different forms. You can use synonyms of the uh, of a particular topic. Um, you know, so so the way that we then help people or ask people to uh, write the content. To your earlier point is to show the you know whatever content you've written so far. You know what. Entities have have we picked up? I mean, our our algorithm is not Google's algorithm, but it's an algorithm that's uh, it, that that is sitting there saying, right, these are the entities we can see, and these are the and and then we can compare that to the entities in all of the content that's ranking for any particular phrase. So we still use a keyword to build our own knowledge graph. So so let's say we we've got. Let's just change the uh, change the example. So we'll go for and um, uh, the president of Iceland, and so it'll it'll go and pull back the the ten web pages that are supposedly the president of Iceland, and and, underst- and run the program over those to build a knowledge graph of all the topics that are being discussed in that in that content that corpus of 10 pages and that means you know probably the concept of iceland is probably discussed 10 times but then there's probably some names there's probably some other bits and pieces Recevic's going to be in there you know I, I um so there's a whole load of other ideas and uh some of them are going to be discussed on all of those web pages some of them are only are going to be discussed on some so we can get an idea of the importance of each entity to that particular phrase that you started with and then we can compare that with a gap analysis and show you in blatant you know green versus blue versus red um kind of colors which get which topics you still need to have in your content before you've covered your bases
1: nice i love the fact that there's um there's actually an awful lot we can do to quite quickly make progress in this area. So uh, everyone who's out there listening, uh, we are going to pause in a second for a reminder of the sponsors, but we will put loads of links to stuff that's going to help you with this um, in the show notes where you can dive deep into the techie stuff. So so Dixon, thank you for taking us through all of that. And uh, we're going to pause now and then we're going to talk about the wider world of SEO. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit Klaviyo.com/masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com/masterplan. Okay, Dixon. So far, we've gone deep into kind of the way keyword research and that everything is turning into entities and, and we've gone into a lot of stuff so far. Yeah, I'm sorry um, about that. <laughs> it's good. It's perfect. Um, we, You, you, not not we, you now get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of SEO. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with SEO, which of course does include everything we've already talked about. So, Dixon, are you ready for these?
0: I will do my best.
1: Excellent. Okay. Let's start with SEO newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with SEO, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
0: Oh, okay. I'm going to say do what you're good at. Um, so the, the the thing about SEO is it's all about being, um, for a page to come to the top of a, of a search engine, then What the search engine is trying to do is try to retrieve the most authoritative content for any particular subject. So by doing what you know, you've at least got a chance of being the best at something. And we're all the best at something in life. Um, and if if we're not, then we can be amongst the best, or at least talk amongst the best at, at something. Don't don't go off on a tangent that's too many miles away from what you feel in your bones. Uh, be focused in your content around uh, around your business model, and don't jump off sideways. That's that's my advice for a newbie.
1: Love it. Stay focused. Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So, What's your favourite way to improve SEO performance?
0: That is really boring, actually. Um, If I know what my my phrase is and I'm ranking on the second page of Google, then I want to revise that content to be on the first page of Google. I think that's kind of a a good way of improving the existing content uh, rather than randomly going back and changing them all. Um, uh, However, uh I do continue'm I'm, I'm in the I'm in the software as a service game so um the best way for me is to carry on developing the core product because that is the kind of, Content releases, blog posts. When I do a blog post that says we've just updated, so next week we hopefully are updating our content editor. You know that's going to create a little bit of a wave, and I get a lot more links. I get you know in my case the SEO industry, Barry Schwartz is of this world, linking through to my uh, to my blog posts and stuff. And so you've got to continually innovate in your product if you want to continually wow people. Um, and wowing people is what gets the links.
1: I love that because that totally reflects to the retail world. If you're only selling the same product for twenty years with no amends, you're not going to get any more links. But if you're constantly releasing more fashion, the journalists will talk about you, the bloggers will talk about you. Such a good tip.
0: I, and I think I think that uh, retailers uh, forget that they've got a new product in stock. You know, they're just worried about the you know getting it on the shelves or whatever it may be. Talking about the new product is is really the the the, the bit that excites. Uh, it's bits that excites the audience. You know, it excites the uh, the search engines. So um, you probably have a lot more going on that you don't think is. Um, a uh, PR worthy, um, but it can be as simple as you know these new sunglasses are now in a in a in a shade of gold that no one's ever seen before, uh, and actually that can be a you know to to a to a narrow audience, but your target audience can be a, an important um, thing to talk about, and probably is much more interesting than ten things that you didn't know about sunglasses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: I might, I, might, I might have vaguely gone off my point there a little bit, you
1: know. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you, you said pretty well on that, but you're right. The, there is that newness and talking about the newness is something retailers just do not do enough about. Yep. But look, we're going to go on to the third question now, which is, if someone listening wants to learn more about SEO, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend?
0: Uh, well, Inlinks.net has a free version, so um, I would say please do that. And and if you actually come on the go on the one to one demo as well, you can have a free month as well. But we only give that to people that actually have done the demo, because uh, people don't understand the product till they've done the demo. Um, the free tools that that, that are great, uh, Google Trends is uh, is well under underused, I think. Still a lot. Um, I think Screaming Frog has a free free version as well, which is well worth doing. So being able to crawl your web pages quickly is is a good thing. Oh, and in Google Chrome, uh, in the Aspect tool, there's a tool called Lighthouse, and as an SEO tool, you can't you you can't beat it for free.
1: Nice, I love it. Lots of free re- resources there, everyone. Okay, finally, it's crystal ball time. What is coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for in SEO?
0: Okay, well, it's 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 sort of on its way and it's been around for a while. but uh, Google's talking a lot or has been talking about passage indexing. and um, there was a lot of research in the early days of of information retrieval about how um, cutting a web page into chunks, and analyzing chunks of content instead of the whole page, they get better meaning uh, of of the understanding of a page. So passage indexing from what I've read in the past makes a whole load of sense. You know, a paragraph of text is probably more meaningful than the whole page of text, which can tend to go off into different tangents and different ideas. Um, and also from my Majestic days, you know, Majestic has uh, has has also um, divided every web page that it's looking at links, backlinks from into 40 different you know, sections. So every five percent of the links in the top top sort of third of the page are very distinctly different from the ones that are you know down near the bottom and stuff, and the, the nature of them. So t- um, so blocks of text um, and chunking is is very interesting because it's probably better for information retrieval. Um, it means that if you've taken 3,000 words to explain your product or your topic, um, then in the future it may say, well, actually I really want to break this down and have a look at the uh, the 300 words that are really important. So long form content may not may not be as effective as it was before, but um, really succinctly worded um, content that really answers a, a, addresses a topic may be, may be better.
1: Oh, fascinating! Definitely one for us to keep an eye on. Well, look, Dixon, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
0: Yeah, uh, Inlinks.net. Um, it's not just about um, internal links. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a content optimization uh, tool. Um, you can also find us at, at in links on Twitter. Um, and if you want to find me, Dixon Jones is spelled with an X. So Dixon uh, on Twitter, I'm Dixon underscore Jones. Cause somebody nicked it. Um, and, <laughs> uh, uh and, and basically Dixon Jones, you should find me. If you find a bunch of architects, then they did, you know, design the, um, Royal Ballet theater or something like that. So they they're pretty big, but, um, they went bust recently, so uh, I'm hoping that one day I'm going to uh, take that top spot for uh, for Dixon Jones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always an opportunity in the SEO world. Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, Dixon, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimising podcast. Uh, you have shared so much knowledge, which I think has got us all really thinking. So, um, thank you for being on the show. Well, lots of food for thought there uh, from Dixon. If we go back to the main part of the interview, what we were talking about is that if you're doing keyword research to make content at the moment, you're missing a trick because Google has moved on. It's no longer really thinking about keywords; it's thinking much more about entities or topics. So, what we went through was how to work out what entities to target. So, think of them as kind of as themes and topics you're seeing people talk about, rather than precise keywords. We then went into the types of content to create, and I love that bit he was saying about having the kind of the pillar content and then creating blog posts that drive back to that. So, in the the e-commerce space, that pillar content might be an awesome product page. And then blogs that talk about the product and link back into it. And then we talked about uh, some of that more techie stuff around schema and the tagging back to Wikipedia and the NLP um, testing to see what Google actually thinks your page is about. So that got quite techy. We will put some links in the show notes to help you with those because... um, getting deep into schema is not something to do on a podcast episode. Um, And if I ever try to do it, you are welcome to email me and go, why did you do that, Chloe? It's far too complicated for a podcast episode. So all those links you can get um, together with the full transcript of the episode, important notes, more at keepoptimizing.com. And as you probably know, if you've listened before, if you haven't, it's great to have you here for your first time. But at the end of each month, we do a Q&A webinar where you get to ask your questions of our guests. And you can sign up for that right now at keepoptimizing.com. See the Q&A webinar link, go there and enter your email and you'll be coming along and you get to ask your SEO questions of our guests. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. I would highly recommend, if you're intrigued by what we talked about today, going back and listening to our episode with Diana Richardson from SEMrush, who was talking about lots of different ways to learn from your competitors, because that was one of uh, Dixon's key ideas that you should do to help work out what entities you should be targeting, was to learn from the competitors. And we talk about that a lot um, back in our first episode. SEO episode uh, this month that we did with Diana, Diana. And there was lots of great tips in that. And that's episode 49. If you're currently scrolling through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, trying to find it. So just a, just a few before this one. Have a great week, all of you, and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing.
0: Access everything Keep Optimising at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.